0: Sunday Showcase, highlighting some of the best audio storytelling found anywhere. All right here on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: Leave this in as well, future Tony, when you're editing this. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Future Tony, <laughs> turn around right now, look behind you. Uh, <gasps> oh my god, it's Kai. said future Tony. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> am I always future it, oh, Tony? You're present, Tony. Uh,
3: no, he's... you are present,
2: Tony. I mean, technically, so everything worry.
3: you're looking at is in the past because the speed of light is technically not instantaneous, so technically, everything you see is in the past
4: fun press, but that's stupid and we're that's not worrying about that right now we're getting you should be we're, quiet we're
3: getting metaphysical and existential and all that good stuff which is extra
1: funny because i'm here as a sock puppet it <laughs> <laughs>
3: always makes it better welcome back for the final day of MadCon 2022 well, i am definitely keeping that little part in at least um today's uh theme is breaking through barriers uh our first theme was pushing the boundaries or pressing the envelope uh the second day was um what the hell did we call the second day we called it so finding your audience <laughs> duh, because it was all about finding your audience isn't that crazy wild <laughs> i've been moderating all weekend my brain is mush so i'm ready for <laughs> another full day of this it's gonna be really 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 super exciting i am joined by some wonderful people we have kai who are you I'm
2: Kai. Uh, I do uh, Chain of Being, which is a mythic sci-fi audio drama uh, that's been going for like two years or something. Uh, I'm also a sound artist and sound editor and sound designer, and I like I like sound a lot. It's a big thing in my life, and I'm thinking
3: about it a lot. It's great. <laughs> you think in sound. You think in stereo. You think in Dolby 7.1. Dolby Atmos is your I live, brain. I live in a million point one. That's what? my idea. A million point one. You think just every is...
2: sound source in the world, <laughs> every po- infinite point one, every possible angle, the real analog,
3: the, is the, the friends tr- we made along the way, the true analog, the real analog is the friends we made along the way. Can you write that down? That's actually beautiful.
0: <laughs> is it? <laughs> and you may be wondering why
3: there is a sock puppet on stream. Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, hi, uh, you might know me as Guy from Ghosts on a Train. Uh, this is what I do at my off time. <laughs> I am Sockdudums, the <laughs> internet sock puppet. It's and basically, it...
3: it. What? So, where are you found, and what? Like, how do people uh, enjoy your
1: content? What okay. is your content? I uh, enjoy. We're using very loosely here, but <laughs> I enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitch. You can find me at sock underscore doodums. You can find me on Twitter at sock puppet tuber because there's no other ones like me. Is fun. Is cool. You, do do you plan on having different uh like sock skins to like to, like uh, costumes to change into? Eventually yes. Uh the thing is I rigged this myself and rigging is a pain in the ass. Yep. So like yeah <laughs> we'll 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 get there. Uh
3: it just it's going to take some time if you could make like if you could have
1: different costumes and it wouldn't be an issue what would you want okay so i've got three other kind of like types of socks and then i'm going to i'm just going to post this here you can include this or not but i'm going to describe it the prompt was goth sock okay uh, <laughs> So this is done by my friend Noodle, a.k.a. Brothy Oh
4: my god. (laughs) That's
1: so good. Holy fuck. Uh, The problem is because this is just a static image, like cutting and rigging it is going to be impossible. So I'm (laughs) I'm working on it, but that's going to take some time. I I can probably make it in vector for you. We can collab
3: on this. This would be a good collab. (laughs) incredible you should do a sock monkey one too if you had it because that's just like that's classic sock you know it's the sock that is monkey. classic yeah. when i was in japan i saw that they sold these like uh toe socks
2: that went around each individual toe uh, and yes. It, found oh yes i felt i weirdly that. comfortable i think you should do a toe sock version <laughs> it's just a bunch of like oh my isn't
3: God. That... here's the thing isn't that just because a glove
1: <laughs> kinda, yeah.
3: That's <laughs> true. Like, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. a hand puppet. Like, wouldn't that just Very be a point. glove? <laughs> yeah, kinda.
1: I mean, I'm coming I at you from the beach.
4: <laughs> I remember having a friend who had like these runner shoes, uh, mm, but like oh, uh, God, had in individual toes. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs>
3: they they make you yeah, feel weird and uncomfortable. Oh boy, much we, bigger crowd than yesterday, Greg. Would them. you like to join in on the fun again? We Is can hear every- morning voice, Greg oh, wow. again. Let's just, have, let's
2: just have everyone with their mics on, because like we know Rebecca as well. So like it's might nice. as well just. You know what? Them. I wanna, Rebecca. No, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm just I'm mostly just popping in briefly because I have, I'm I'm skedaddling for a bit for the uh, the morning. That's not morning voice, Greg. Um, what the hell? Who are you? It's not. I've i woken up. I haven't just woken up. <laughs> it's <laughs> an absolute nightmare it was end.
3: amazing Less yesterday morning gray popped in and was like hey guys what's going on i'm like whoa <laughs> whoa it was wild i was very surprised full octave down and yeah. so we, we have a mystery voice coming from the 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 chat who who are you mystery voice
4: oh what uh hi i'm benani uh i'm a writer i'm a designer for ttrpgs uh i write lots of things i yes those things explicitly are you there. also a
3: graphic designer
4: um i have that capacity
3: uh, okay <laughs> i thought i saw in your bio like graphic designer or something i've been meaning to poke
4: around at at that side I of your a, art i am a front end uh web dev ah. by trade so but, so
0: um, Konani, nani's got a bunch of hats on so stacking more hats on so many hats
3: yeah how are you juggling all these hats
4: um by doing none of them oh
3: gotcha jacket <laughs>
4: jacket um, jack of yes, several I've, trades yes I have acquired um, various skills various trades um, art is sort of my weakest but only because I don't do it enough <laughs> me
3: too <clears throat> I feel that Really hard. And uh, we had another mystery voice, and that was uh, Greg from yesterday morning's opening ceremony with me, where we talked Dragon Strike, which is not D&D, but made by the same people as D&D. And it's like this a really simple version of D&D.
0: it's a very simple version, and there's this DHS trying to explain the whole thing to you. And it's lifted my hands in free. I'm going. I'm making a thing about it. It's gonna. It's gonna come to FN showoffs I cannot uh, when, wait. I'm, when I'm done with it. Um, I need to. I need to get that off out of out of me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm actually no, really excited for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for it too. But yeah, I'm just. I just. Just popping in briefly uh just because i saw people were hanging out and i was like oh I want, I want to listen to the panel um yeah i will Kai, i really like really like the new piercing thank uh, you, I know you got, yeah I know you swapped out styles i'm <laughs> a big fan
2: and it shines as well when it was dark yesterday it was just like i or rather i was on a video call with eve and uh, it was the only thing that was appearing on the screen so it was just <laughs> this like glinting kind of
3: yeah it's a very like weird like Rudolph adjacent power I like it yeah
1: <laughs> rudolph adjacent is not something I expected to hear pretty much ever especially I mean, that, if not I had at, room like, in my bio like... tony <laughs> yeah,
3: true true <laughs> what, what what is your twitter bio, bio right now is it is it it's like just, actually it, professional just... or is it wild shit?
2: no, it's professional oh, it's it like is. just a, what is it it's um I make lots of sound with various implements. I make chain of being, he, they, writer, sound designer, sound artist and editor, student at LCC. It's so boring. (laughs) It's like, Mm. Yeah.
3: You know, I was gonna yell at you about Oxford comma, but sound artist and editor is technically probably one thing, so you get oh, away. Oh, sure, no, you're right. No, no, no no, 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 no. I think it's, I think it's correct. No, you no, know, that's
2: intentional because it's sound. I'm a sound editor and a sound. Yeah,
3: artist, yeah, that's so that's yeah, why yeah. I was like, I I will refrain from attacking because that yeah, is actually. Correct. Yeah, Tony. Get look, off my I, look, I don't get many dubs a day, and so I thought <laughs> I had a dub, and I didn't. There so. Work, <laughs>
1: that's
3: why you don't have many dubs. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, dub yeah, but- Idolo. Am I right, or whatever the fuck? What, what were we talking about? I am it. really not You got, got it. it. That's,
4: that's what I'm
2: Idolo? probably. I've literally only ever seen it spelled. I just assumed it was idolo. So if I say it, that's how it. Did we
3: encode, like, decode what idolo meant? No, I don't. Oh, maybe we did, and I've forgotten. So it's just complete fucking gibberish jargon.
2: No, it's probably got an origin, but I don't know what it is, and I've only ever seen it in that context um in those memes people say "double" the time but yeah not, yeah
0: not a um, have a good have a good morning opening panel everybody have a good <laughs> icon thing i'm gonna skedaddle for now yeah. i love your setup love stock. that's a very nice microphone you have thank you <laughs> it's very green it, it matches the
3: button the, the the image star and stars button on the other side
2: i'd like to actually use one of those microphones one day
3: oh what are those called
2: Oh, don't ask me that, Tony. <laughs> the de- I just know them as like the WWE
3: microphones.
2: They're fucking. Oh, I, you know, I will listen to a whole documentary about it as well, about them and like why they were so famous.
3: I think it'd be really fun to do an effing show off that's only with like vintage sound equipment.
2: Yeah, I just get my tape machine out and.
3: Uh... Yeah. I <laughs> I record all the sound effects. Oh, yeah. it's a sure.
2: Of course, it's a sure. Make it like, a, it.
3: like a like a. a, a very time-specific piece and actually only use authentic equipment from that time that might be
1: really expensive mm. but like i don't yeah probably let's, let's do it authentic to the 1600s and we'll just <clears> shout <throat> it in the barn
2: yeah <laughs> yeah no that's fine
3: no, no no we have to get those like the the old like the primitive version of like a like a disc it's like the clay disc that they used to record sounds into to
2: say, wax wax cylinder yeah audio drama. Like... yeah
3: uh, could 3D print a fake one just for the five? No, no, no. We're authentic here. We're extra, yes, Rebecca. We have to spend <laughs> thousands of dollars on vintage audio equipment for a 15-minute FN show off. To
2: go to some randoms like man's house in the Midlands to use his microphone and possibly get axe murdered, so he can record an epic fucking
3: historical. <laughs> yo, yo, but we the FN show off though.
4: <laughs> hey, listen, Amy. This is this is a tax write-off. Don't worry. This is a tax yeah, write-off. yeah, we can write it <laughs> off. We yeah, all know, know
3: that writing it off makes it free. That's just how money works.
4: Yeah, yeah like the bad. government pays you for doing it.
3: <laughs> it's like it's free like charitable donations, you actually make money on them. It's not yeah, how it exactly. works. It's like, yeah, I, I yeah. save a billion dollar in taxes by donating a million dollars. It's how that that's how that works, right? I really don't know how it works, but I can't imagine you can ever make that's this is completely irrelevant. We're talking about podcasting today. There might
1: actually <laughs> be like grants for using like authentic audio equipment though. So like Yo, eh? I mean honestly I think that would be a
3: fun fn show off. We're talking about breaking the ba- pushing the envelope by using <laughs> stuff from a century ago. I think that's really cool. Yeah.
2: We're also talking about
3: um yeah like accessibility
2: later. And what's more accessible than equipment from like 60 years ago? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah man before the
1: age of ux
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh we've uh, we've had a really good panel a set of panels this weekend i feel like we've answered a lot of questions um mm. pretty well let me let me open up my super bright tab oh, and oh my god g- g- it hurts it hurts oh, there's god. there has got to be a way i can adjust this right now all right all right <gasps> let's go this is great this is fun. this fun Is this good So much fun. This is only making great audio. This is only (laughs) seventy-three percent brightness. That is is amazing.
2: Ghost woman that stands in this room. Yes. So if you pumped
1: it up to like one hundred percent, would it just like immediately blind you? Flashback. Yeah, you act sunburn.
2: Yeah. Just so pale, like a sunburn
1: from a... flashbang going out. <laughs> Ooh, all
3: right, I've put my monitor down to 20%. Oh, uh, fuck. There we go. All right, I, that is much better on my retinas. Okay, so the uh, the uh, first day was um, new ways to tell stories, pushing the envelope, that kind of thing. And we opened um, up with the narrative, um, and we had Kristoff... Uh, Christoph Laputka, who is from the Leviathan Chronicles, uh, has this big awesome open, like, big awesome world and setting up mm-hmm. different RSS feeds for different kind of entry points into the universe, different framing devices, different um, cast and vibes, uh, but all existing in the same kind of universe, so it's like very large um, storyboard. Um, that was really, really fun to listen to, Panani you're actually a part of that one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, um, it was a lot of
3: fun. Yeah. What, so, do you think you uh, you kind of learned or were inspired by anything in that panel? Um, uh, you you come from a bit more of, like, the RPG and video game kind of side of things than, I guess, audiobooks. But well, what did you kind of learn during that?
4: Uh, um, God, I'm terrible at, like, at learning sometimes. Um, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I will say, though, that um, I think they're just i guess just how far back and how far reaching um both the effects of and the history of like audio drama it is um and just like how that's sort of manifested over the years right because like it's it's never been like one simple thing it's just it's bloomed out into all these different kinds of stories and uh presentations to become become a sort of uh unique thing onto itself
3: yeah it's definitely evolved from you know we, we there's been a lot of talk throughout the weekend about kind of the origin of all this with uh, old school old-time radio radio plays um and like world war um war of the worlds and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i have said world war z that is not correct i think that was a book that turned into a movie that apparently was nothing like the book um, yeah, yep.
4: that's I'm told. <laughs> uh,
3: but you know it's this is it's definitely gone through renaissance and metamorph like a, lot, a big metamorphosis uh morphosis throughout the years and um you know when we think about modern day audio dramas that's really only maybe like 15 years old um mm. uh, about what we think about audio dramas and even since then there's been this massive resurgence um, unto itself during the pandemic. Um, yeah. Where, you know, a lot of people were like, "I'm in a pandemic. I can't leave my house. So what do I do? I can buy a microphone and I have a computer. I can make uh, an audio book or an audio drama or um, start writing." You know, I, I feel like as terrible as the pandemic's been, it's definitely led to a big bloom of um, yeah. creativity. Um, a panel we have today is teamwork at kind a of distance, how people have kind of bridged the gap between uh, space and time zones, not actual time. Um, that'd be cool, though, if we figured that out during the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, so that's... It, it's been very interesting to, to see how it's all developed. Um, I wish Jack was uh, could be here to uh, listen in and... And give his um, side of things I I actually spent like a good hour talking to Jack uh, Last weekend when we were setting Mm. up The Discord and making these plans And that man Has so much knowledge of this industry Starting with the radio plays Because he grew up Mm. on like a farm In Nova Scotia in the middle of nowhere And all they had was radio They didn't have television Um, Mm. and, And he literally grew up on These old time radio plays And is so extremely knowledgeable About uh, it all. Um, so yeah, shout out Jack Ward of audio mutual and Sonic society. Sorry. Mutual audio network. Audio mutual is their Twitter tag, uh, Twitter handle. Um, he's incredible. Um, what have you, so Kai? what have you learned about the narrative of like chain of being, like as you've kind of been, cause you started what, what, 15 years old with it. How has that changed for yeah. you and your approach?
2: I think, yeah, I think. Well, or, to, to be fair, it was it was started thinking about and and creating the world at fifteen, and then actually started producing it around seventeen. Um, but I think I think it's it's original idea way back right at the beginning when I was fifteen was more definitely more Night Vale inspired, and I think more like these are the daily events of a single place. And I think since then, it's definitely taken on a more as as loaded as the term is like cinematic kind of like feel to it, and the fact that they're going to lots of places. Because I don't know, I took I started to feel that, like, you know, you you don't have to pay for CGI and you don't have to pay for all these, like, visual effects. So you can just kind of say whatever you want as long as you can describe it and sound design it to a sort of convincing uh, extent. Like, you can just have anything you want ever, which I think is kind of why I sort of, I feel like it's, it's quite good for sci-fi because, like, a lot of sci-fi TV shows, I think, for me at least, suffer from... Just not like 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 budget problems and not looking that great, or like the aliens always look a bit. Bleh. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, and then that's not to say there aren't good sci-fi shows out there that do that, but it takes a lot of money to do that. Whereas I think you can very easily do sci-fi, just like massive, you know, galaxy-spanning stories, just with the right sound design. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why I I want to kind of do more with season two for Chain of Being, but definitely definitely, um, yeah. I think I think taking it from just like a quite a small thing to just this grand sort of universe um
3: yeah that's for me anyway so when you first started i, I were you more focused on world building because because like in its current mm-hmm. state it's very focused on adam and you still have a lot of world building but it's about yeah. adam and and um of nadal and 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 they kind of yeah. that, that kind of relationship there um was it did Adam like kind of just accidentally become the main character or was he always intended to kind of be this yeah. at the front of the scene?
2: He he was always going to be the main character,
3: but I think you can kind of tell as well that right at the beginning, he's
2: kind of like the sort of the eyes through which the audience gets to see the world type thing. And then I sort of, I had a really good bit of criticism from someone um, from the, the laughably dapper people who do really good um, like comedy, audio drama stuff. And they said basically like, I think you need to put more personality into him and make him more of a character as opposed to an observer. And so I started to try. I'm still trying to do that because, you know, um, it's, it's just one of my weaknesses, I think, is character stuff, which I'm trying to get better at. But um, I think he then became more of a character with like an arc and things to deal with as opposed to just like, man, I'm here and this, this shit's crazy, huh? Instead of him like suddenly changing into, you know, a person that like needs to develop. And you can, I mean, I feel like in the last few episodes, it starts to come through a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um you know he has opinions about things, and he sort of disagrees with people, and he's kind of very sort of i don't know passionate and uh yeah but he was he was always a little bit fucked up, but oh for yeah. sure uh
3: have you always um done all the writing yourself? Do you send off the script to anyone to review maybe before you start on the episode or yeah i
2: i mean i've always i've always there's one standalone episode that my brother wrote um but every episode has been written by me, I think there's maybe one paragraph in one thing that my dad wrote. Because he, he, he writes um, sort of on the side kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I'll send it off to my dad. I'll send it off to friends, whoever will basically like have it and they'll just like look through, send some notes and stuff. And um, yeah, I think notes, I find I find notes very helpful. But you know, you got that imposter syndrome you have to get over. So I think the best way is just to send it to as many people. And if everyone goes, yeah, this is good, then surely they can't all be wrong or they can't all be trying to convince you that you're better than you are. <laughs> so eventually it's got to be like, right. So yeah, I think the more people that you can get to like, check it out i think is is good
3: um yeah awesome um sock uh through the through the media that you like to consume and any um world building you you've done what have <laughs> you amazing. learned about narrative design what do you appreciate in a good narrative
1: uh well i enjoy the the whiplash that i cause just by being here yes that's absolutely. that's very fun <laughs> just
2: going, sock. Just so sock <laughs> is just
1: <laughs> like just a sock I can see the, the moment where like I just just like <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> broke so like oh, fuck it out. All. <laughs> all right go on. so good uh for for narrative design and kind of narrative building and growth in my kind of so my, my vtuber journey has been very short uh i started in the beginning of may i it is now the middle of july so only like two and a half months Mm -hmm. uh one thing that i have noticed is a lot of people want to get like really kind of high concept with what it is that they want to be doing Mm. the problem with doing that kind of as a vtuber where like your biggest kind of market and the thing that you're marketing... This isn't really answering your question, but I'm going to go into it anyway. No, it's all good. <laughs> but your biggest kind of point of marketing and your biggest kind of thing that you've got to advertise is yourself. Your design, like what your aesthetic is, everything about that. So everyone... There's a lot of people that I've noticed that try and do something really, really high concept and try and get real complicated with it. And it just doesn't work because like you can't really tell what it is that they're going for at a glance Mm. like there's so many where it's just kind of when you look at them they're just like anime girl anime boy Mm. furry Mm. demon yeah that's is
3: kind of it. it it's a bit hard it, it, it's kind of like that surface level is like your first instinct and and, and not everyone's gonna want to be like let's go into the bio and see exactly what this is like you kind of get that one oh bye bye hat uh you've got- <laughs> and saw it go into a trash bin that was hilarious uh you do kind of have that one like first impression and then like i'm sure as a creator as well always constantly having to explain what your character is and like the significance of their design or their their if there is a backstory i can imagine that gets pretty exhausting and there must be something really just like liberating about being like i'm a sock puppet
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i have googly eyes like the (laughs) there's there's something very liberating about it, but also, like, you know exactly what my situation is. You know exactly what my deal is. Uh, th- this is kind of taking something, but I think one of the most important things that you can kind of do with any sort of media is make it readable. Like, when someone just kind of looks at it and, like, get what it is right away. Like, if someone, like, sees Chain of Being, sees the kind of, like, logo that you've got, Mm. uh like they kind of get it but they yeah. they get like all right sci-fi uh kind of there's like a kind of biblical belt bent to it heavy <laughs> into the audio design but uh very 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 artsy mm. like you can kind of you can pick that up at a glance mm, uh yeah. or something like uh welcome to night veil vale. you can tell pretty easily like what the situation is like yeah. this is this is kind of like horror themed but it's not taking itself super seriously mm-hmm. but it's still a lot of intrigue and kind of mystery confusion uh, those are the only ones I can I'm going to go with for right now because I could literally go on forever two But only audio
4: dramas <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
3: yeah those are well, the two those, audio those yeah. are the two <clears throat> uh, it's just us so this this kind of then touches into a little bit what we talked about yesterday and uh, finding your audience and uh, a big a big part of what we talked about is like how easily digestible is it is your project your Media at a glance so we talked about elevator pitches and that kind of thing and super suits is a law firm set in a superhero world that very much easily kind of paints a picture of what it is obviously you can give more specific examples and like be like oh you know it's it follows harper and their journey to becoming a lawyer yeah. like there is a longer elevator mm-hmm. pitch to that but at the end of the day it's an audio mm-hmm. comedy about a law firm set in a superhero world very simple very effective uh, ghost on a train is is as as uh, Benati so aptly put, is yeah. cyberpunk Ghostbusters on a train? Like, or sorry, yeah, Tesla, punk. Yeah, it's, it's Tesla punk. Yes, yes, Tesla punk Ghostbusters uh, on a train. But like, Ghost yeah. on a train describes a vast majority of of the show, especially right? in the earlier mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. where you are the line bulls and you are literally security guards disposing of uh, supernatural yeah. occurrences on a train. It very easily uh, Lavender Tavern, queer fairy tales. Boom. That's like mm. it, it immediately describes the project. And so I think um that is a big part about like finding your audience is like how easily can you explain to them your project. And something I want to work with you on, Kai, is like how do we aptly describe chain of being to someone because mythic sci-fi can mean a lot. It mm. doesn't it yeah. doesn't fully describe that you have these uh judeo-christian um um and other um religious influences from other polytheistic religions and and you have Mm. like angels but it's also spaceships and like you you have all these themes how do we summarize that and i think that's going to be something that uh, you and i can work on To kind of sell chain of being, um, yeah. To because, and we also you have a heavy focus on it's an audiophile experience. It is a high quality. It's it's the thing I feel like I am doing maybe. Well,
2: no, I am not doing too many things, but I am doing a lot of things, and I am I am trying to get a lot of things done with it. So I think it's difficult to like. I think the most important stuff maybe we we would refer to, and the things that draw people in, and then I think the audio, and then the the mix of sci fi and uh mythology Mm -hmm. i think would be the main ones because then everything else can kind of you can come into that and and look like get it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know you know i didn't start going start it going like oh this is going to be like the you know like really high sort of fidelity type sound design i think i just started doing that and realized oh actually i can't i wouldn't i don't want to release anything that i don't haven't put like loads of effort into
3: sound wise and your relationship Um, with sound has only gotten stronger because you started this project when you were like freaking 15 and then started actually making episodes at 17 like you were still in in, in grade school like you're still like you are 20 years old now right yeah You're, you're 20 now right I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year you can come to the states and we can drink. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's the thing. I was going to go. We we're going to go to New York. I was like, well, I won't be able to drink, so <laughs>
2: it's going to be a weird. <laughs> a weird one. Um, but yeah, no. It's. I think. I think. It's. Sound has become more a part of it because of the show as well. Like, I mean, I've gone to uni and that was a massive, you know, for sound and that was a huge like addition of like, I'm surrounded by people talking about and involved in sound all the time and I'm surrounded by this equipment and all I'm thinking about is sound. It was kind of inevitable that I would then go into my main. Sort of life's work with that mm-hmm. in it. So I think I think they kind of like have been building each other up a little bit. Like one's dragged one up, and then one's pulled up with the other. It's kind right. of I'm not sure what came first, the podcast or my love of sound. Really, I think I think they're very simultaneous in that.
3: Um, I think there's yeah. a lot of complex works out there, and I, and I think of books. I'm a big fan of the Wheel of Time series, and I can't aptly describe Wheel of Time in yeah. one sentence because it is a fucking thirteen novel long series that I've only yeah. made it through halfway, and that is more books than I that is more content in those seven books than I've ever read in my whole life. I'm not a not a huge reader, um, yeah. and I couldn't a- accurately describe what Wheel of Time is because there are. There are hundreds of storylines and interconnected yeah. character relationships. It is super complex, but it is also considered a massive historical work. You know, you can boil down Lord yeah. of the Rings kind of easily. A hobbit is given a ring yeah, and you have, yeah. they must destroy it as a ring of evil. Like, there, there is the elevator pitch of that. But also, it's like that's definitely minimizes a lot of Tolkien's mm. um, yeah. work
1: to it. It's found It's very hard to be... It's very hard to like explain a thing, especially if it's something you're really passionate about, and not be reductive. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, if you want to
4: explain just... it in
1: a reasonable amount of time. Right. We
3: have yeah, yeah, like, five seconds. Just... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on, Bonanni.
4: Oh no! I was just I I basically said just like it, it's sort of just the necessity of it, right? Like summarizing yeah. requires you to chop things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, so,
3: I'm,
2: I'm thinking I, about my favorite like films and TV shows or TV shows I find really interesting, and I, I really struggle to summarize them. Like, I, I like my, my current favorite film is like Annihilation. I don't. I is it sci-fi? Oh,
3: Annihilation, so good. I yeah, am so it's, it's, team it's Annihilation horror. now.
2: It's the fucking greatest. It's it's hugely influential for me, just like in lots of different ways. But I, would you call it sci-fi or would you? Call, it's it's kind of like cosmic horror, but not. Not in the traditional sense. It of does cosmic horror sit between it's,
3: like, it's, yeah. it's cerebral, and it, it, it the whole movie is is just a big analogy. And I don't want to spoil it, but like yeah, the the whole movie is an analogy for something that plagues our society every yeah. day and, and and affects loved ones. But it, it takes the form of sci-fi, cosmic horror. Like I, I'd say it's yeah, it's surrealist. very psychedelic. Yeah.
1: It's very cerebral in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful to like, kind of mix kind of the like the genre and like the actual like theming because like those it's probably like more complicated than you are it's less complicated than i think you're making it out but also like being able to make those kind of shortened like back Mm -hmm. of the book kind of quick summaries is a skill unto itself yeah, yeah,
3: and I, I think, um, we're we're so used to comparative analysis, so it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's the Dark Souls of blah, or it, it's yeah, like Game it, of Thrones in blank. space. You know what I mean? Like we're we're yeah, so yeah. used to taking already, and that's not a bad method, but like. As, no, but
1: it is productive. as a
3: marketing guy, like you don't ever want to pitch your product like someone else's product, like that's that's mm-hmm. like a big no no because you don't want to you don't want to clout chase. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, uh, but it often does yep. help under uh, people understand what you're going for because people if you say oh it's you know it it, it it's two-dimensional dark souls like that paints a pretty good picture oh this game's hard as fuck okay i got it yeah you know what i mean or it's like okay you know or like oh it's you know it's a fantasy setting or it's cyberpunk dark souls like that that paints a picture um even why use more words when less do trick or whatever kevin says from the office
4: um Um, (laughs) i'd like to say something though mm -hmm. um which is this is a bit of uh, more of a literary thought but like, I think it, it can apply at any point. Genre is sort of bullshit. Like, Thank you. Um, I'm about this way with it, the music. Like, it's not. It's not necessarily like a thing that doesn't exist, but like the idea that there is like a a prototypal like an archetypal thing that all uh all things come from um yeah. is not how that works like genre yeah. is like a collection of similar ideas that we associate um just part of partly for convenience but also just for like um from there like we it helps us a- assign different ideas and messages to these different things mm-hmm
1: it's a classification, not, like, a actual, like, guideline. Yeah,
4: descriptive, yeah very descriptive. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I think we so often want to put things in boxes and label them just for ease of explanation and, and yeah. understanding. Like, And also a lot of people, like, will, um, like, oh, that's blank. I'm not into blank type of thing. Like, it kind of yeah. helps them just put up these, like, barriers of, like, what they do and do not want. Um, like, oh, I don't really, like, and then I'm guilty of this, too. I'm like, oh, I don't really care too much for sci fi. That is such a blanket statement that is, in hindsight, like, really just dumb yeah. because I obviously enjoy a lot of sci fi stuff. Um, but, like, you know, if given a, um, I, I think, like, in some ways, like, that classification can help people decide what they want to listen to because if you give me an option between listening to something fantasy and listening to something sci-fi i may lean into fantasy even though this if the sci-fi thing is going to be a better experience yeah um just because i immediately associate i love high fantasy that is that is my type of
1: jam um yeah well that also gets into like genre traffic and like obviously like having these kind of descriptors and being able to break them down does make things easier like this there is a point to why we do it For yes sure.
3: but you are right genre Banana, you are right genres are dumb they should not limit your creative and listening potential because you should just make whatever the fuck you want and and it should stand on itself because it's your art and like you don't need to compare it to something else you don't need to um if there are parallels you can make the help People understand what your art is, then that's fine. But you shouldn't be like, I want to make the the Dark Souls of tabletop chess, <laughs> like, like you know, like you know, like you, you shouldn't aim to emulate mm. something intentionally to chase on its coattails, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes. That being said, if I want an elf in something, like you're not going to stop me from having an elf. Okay, that's oh yeah, that's what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely I, the original chain of being universe had like all the fantasy races in it as well um, like I originally decided that I was going to have like elves and tieflings and stuff but I don't know I don't know why I didn't do that in the end I think I think it was too science fantasy then for me I think I mm-hmm. wanted it to be a little bit more my own thing but I do mm-hmm. love tieflings a lot
3: oh, so me too <laughs> I
2: might just named oh. them something else
3: I love my baby my, my rash oh, act that, that Amy made for me
4: tieflings um oh, yeah? they weren't oh yeah, yeah fun history fact about tieflings they weren't originally like horned like neon skinned individuals with tails like they were just like weird interplanar humanoids that weren't yeah. necessarily like a player race yeah. when they were introduced so like you could have a, a tiefling could be someone with like feathers or like a digital-grade uh digital grade legs cool. or something like that Um, And I think 4E sort of just sort of, if I remember right, yeah, the story of 4E sort of like forced uh, tieflings to be this very specific, um, Mm -hmm. fiendish oriented kind of uh, peoples, which is like interesting in its own way, but also sort of sad that it's minimized. But, yeah. yeah.
3: Guy and I have a game that we used to, or sorry, Sock and I used to have a game we used to play called uh, Tiefling or Drenai. Drenai are from World of Warcraft. Oh, and... uh, right. <laughs> and so we literally, <laughs> Guy would send me an image and be like, is this Drenai fan art or is this a Tiefling? And I almost guessed wrong every time because they are <laughs> so similar. And that. <laughs> could just do it. Yeah, remember, remember Blue Tibalt. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a Magic the Gathering, uh, like, Devilkin-type um main character. I say main mm. character. He's just a recurring planeswalker, someone that can uh travel between planes, um, D&D-style planes. Um, yeah. And, and Blue... Uh, so Tibalt is normally red. He kind of looks like your typical red tiefling. Guy, you're a what is going the on your screen is going crazy um and uh the guy and I were trying to find examples of like of uh, dnd tieflings i think it was probably fourth edition that had a bit more of a uh the dreni style and uh we found we came across blue Tibalt. uh <laughs> Just it just for some reason really really broke. I was like, "Guy, this is a Magic the Gathering card that they just color shifted blue." And I sent it to him. He's like, "Holy fuck, you are so..." Oh man. Yep. Beautiful. Oh Oh, god. D and D is a is a very fun way of 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 telling a story. I mean, actual plays just like are, and it's really interesting to hear how like Guy and Hannah, uh, sorry, um, um, Greg and Hannah talk about like how they like to tell stories through, um, you know, comparing it to, like, the different types of actual plays we have out there. Your Adventure Zone's versus critical role, uh, mm. Dimension 20, Dungeon & Daddies. Like, they all kind of tell a narrative in a very different way. Some are much more, like, uncut, um, very unscripted adventures, like uh, yeah. Critical Role, and then you have a bit more Ghost on a Train-style edited, um, highly edited actual plays that feel a bit more, um, like, tight yeah a bit more tight like there's less uh um rp breaking or like you know character breaks and stuff like that it's and there's no right or wrong way to do so right it's mm, just yeah. it is up to the user or the listener experience and the player experience like i my players like in my play group would not like to have a more edited style of play because we love just doing dumb shit and laughing out a character and all that kind of stuff um mm. and not to say that you can't have room for that in an edited actual play but yeah we we, we prefer to just like have the cameras on and play D like we normally would uh, and just mm. maybe just a little extra in our characters it's just our play yeah.
0: style
4: yeah um and like to add on to that like a lot of that um, of just like the different styles can also vary just based on like how you produce stuff right like, the limitations of your actual sort of, like, production. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Critical Role, for example, like, they started off in a room with some cameras on. Um, like Shitty-ass audio. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that great. They had, like, some mics around, I guess, in the corners somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, yeah. Um, but also, like, live sort of, like, continuous play like that leans in very well for them because they are voice actors or like stage actors and so that sort of thing like helps with their specific talents um but then you have shows like um like dimension 20 uh who uh is based out of like college humor who like did youtube videos like that was and yeah just video content short form so a lot of that stuff is edited tight like tv because that's the people they get that's the editors they have like that's just how their production is set up Mm -hmm.
3: yeah it's definitely their their shtick is a lot more to have that kind of very scripted very um intentional design Mm. to it um and it, you know, it and it does more scripted. Yeah. And it they're does, all a bunch of improvisers. So, yeah, exactly. And it, but it works for them. Um, it's just, it's just cool. Um, I, I love that, um, narrative storytelling and, and, uh, how, how we've been doing it for, um, our campaign is so Pip, Pip and McKeel and my character are very similar in that our, we, we kind of have an amnesiac. Backstory: We don't actually know our past, and we are working with our DM to reveal that as a secret to the player, and and because I Greg was talking a little bit about that with uh with um, Sock's uh, character in Ghost on a Train uh, Pip, and that you both will kind of work on a fact together and kind of how to reveal that, and you are building the backstory. Can you can you actually touch a bit more on that uh, uh, sock?
1: Oh geez, so when we started uh what this this required what is going on with my background but uh <laughs> this required like a lot of like trust from me and like greg to also trust in me as mm-hmm. well i'm gonna make that my primary window so uh i wanted to basically like have a character without a backstory like give them give them kind of nothing to start out with, and then, like, we will both kind of, like, periodically, like, add stuff. And it was, like, a, a collaborative experience. Basically, like, we're all kind of, like, building this character into the world so they feel more integrated and all that. Uh, and re- only, like, fairly recently did we reach a point where they're kind of, like, settled in, I guess? Mm-hmm. But it's it's been a very fascinating kind of like growth and setup of this character just like very like steadily like developing them out uh starting from nothing and then just like if there's something that gets talked about that like kind of interested by like ooh, i'll grab that like add that in uh or if greg wants to do something so it became this interesting kind of like back and forth this like push and pull of like me adding stuff and greg adding stuff and then we kind of just like basically yes ended a character over the course of probably like 30 episodes that's awesome so <laughs> it's pretty interesting
3: so my my tiefling bard rashak who um we basically i decided that like it was my first D character ever so like my play styles kind of changed so i started multi-classing into sorcerer and things like that and we wanted kind of a very, like, strong in-universe reason that we had, like, my character had this awakening of powers. So starting in our second big book, we had a fall that actually, like, a bunch of us hit our head and, like, some changes occurred that we were able to, like, very much settle into our character. Somehow, uh, Gabe went from a Scottish accent to a Russian accent for his dwarf. Um, The real reason for that is that Gabe cannot hold a Scottish accent for very long, but he can always do a Russian accent. So so Gabe's just constantly in a russian accent now for Darkin, um and uh ryan uh it's character tear hit his head he talks like this now and he he swings on motherfuckers and just you know wants to beat the shit out of them uh just like this like very like rednecky like very kind kind redneck that just i just i just want to swing on someone (laughs) like and uh my character start to unlock his sorcerer powers. And the, the way Brian and I are doing this is that my character doesn't have a backstory before he was maybe like nine or 10 years old. Hmm. He doesn't remember much before that. He lived with his aunt and um, the, I was like, I, right, Brian, I want to come up. I want you and I to come up with a, actually, I'm going to trust you to do this. I want you to give my character the backstory and how it ties into the greater uh, universe. we had, and so essentially, what's going to happen is my um, character had like a paradigm shift where he's getting these visions at night and he's seeing this figure in his his dreams. And um, one day he asked me to roll an intelligence saving throw right before the big bad boss of uh, getting I so. in, in book four. And I failed. And he says, Okay, Tony, go into Gabe's room because Brian and Gabe, Brian are our DM and, and Gabe dark slash dark and live together. And he's like, Go into Gabe's room and I'll call you. And it's ready when you're ready to come out. I was like, Uh, Okay. And in that time, my character kind of snapped and went through a full like power swap. And um, instead of being level 10 bard, level three sorcerer, my character essentially was able to shift to a level 10 sorcerer, level three bard. Because the playstyle of a sorcerer was a bit more of like what I was enjoying. And he always had an NPC that kind of played support. And we had a druid that played support. So we were kind of a little fireball light, if you know what I mean. Uh, (laughs) And 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 so we had this. My character snapped, actually killed our favorite goblin NPC that we befriended. We made we gave him daggers. We knitted him armor so he could join us in the final battle. And my character just disintegrated him. (coughs) And I didn't know what happened until I came back and the other player characters had my character pinned down. And my character has now lost um, the trust of his friends. Um, and has these powers he doesn't understand and i still don't really know why my character narratively has had this switch um and so that's just like a fun bit of world building that like we were able to do and i really love brian's story and i think in book five we get to explore that um and we all just have like these awesome stories we're exploring in in his campaign
2: guess what's fun with like 2trpg stuff is like the fact that you can mess with like agency in that way, and the fact that the player is choosing to do things, so when you take that away it completely messes with it in very interesting ways. I've done something similar in one of my games I'm running, but basically almost the same thing kind of, where mm-hmm. just occasionally uh, roll a wisdom save, and then if you fuck it up, <laughs> you get possessed by this person, it's just like, I don't know, I think it's a fun kind of thing to mess with like
1: mm-hmm. like
2: that, um, especially when that's kind yeah. of
4: uh I will say that um... <laughs> actually i, w- I want to talk about my funniest experience uh as a dungeon master recently um actually probably ever so far um in that um it led a great narrative um and i think it'd be great um if we were on a podcast um where like um the, this was this is my home game with hannah and greg and some of our other friends And uh, we uh, had, uh, they were trying to help one of the other players' parents uh, come back, like, come back out of, like, a rage. But unexpectedly, they ended up having to fight this sort of, uh, this angel um, that was just, like, very antagonistic towards them. Um, So, um, at the end of the fight, uh, I gave it this ability Um, Called Agent of Rebirth. Now, it's not what you think it is. It's worse. (laughs) Where uh, the thing explodes when it dies. But if it takes you out with it, you turn into an egg. Oh, Oh. shit. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, in like a a week or less, you you come out the egg half your age shit that's so cool Uh, (laughs) and so hannah's character the wizard kiri uh, i i i I didn't realize it but mostly just because it it, she was hitting me with fireballs and i didn't like it (laughs) no cones (laughs) of cold uh i was like you know what we're hitting that wizard we're hitting that wizard and then uh, at the end of the fight uh kiri dropped to zero i was like oh
0: no i didn't actually stuck us to take anyone out oh no
4: (laughs) And now, um, after a few days, uh, she pops out of the egg as an eleven-year-old. And so, <laughs> after this current adventure, that's that's something we're gonna have to resolve. Shit.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, Hannah. Uh, Hannah plays a younger. Uh, um, how old is Antral? Like 13, 14? like teenager. Yeah, like, so
1: I right. uh, Thirteen, dude. How much I think how much time has passed we're... in the goat universe? Uh not a lot of time at all. Oh okay. So maybe
3: just oh, a like few a months or something. A couple
4: of months, right? Yeah.
1: I think we're like maybe 6 months tops. Okay. So Angel
3: is still still young even though I'm not completely caught up to the end um so like yeah. i i expected Han, like, hannah to play like a like a 14 year old wizard and then come out a seven year old that would have been no no but i mean 22 These to 11 is a big difference too you're grown-ass adult to, yeah. to, to
2: how child you, how did you do like abilities and stuff did you just like half the level and then
4: no we just kept it the same since like at least especially since like she's a wizard so like all that really matters sure. is like her brain yeah fine.
3: um Where do you work out? The library.
4: (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, it was... uh, It it was the most D&D experience that I have ever had. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And uh, it's one of those things that I think uh even if i didn't expect it to happen is a very sort of like narrative defining moment because mm. like oh like if you're literally half your age like that can mean a lot depending on like how old you are um what and depending on what kind of ancestry you are in D&D like in a, to an elf maybe that doesn't matter too much yeah. uh to a human though like if you're like maybe in your 70s you're 35 again you're yeah. like y- <laughs> That's your back to youth. Um, or then you get something like Kiri, who turns into a pre child. Uh.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. If you had like an old character, they'd be like no, no, take me next, take me next. <laughs> like, you're like yes, please take me back to the, the, the my the golden age of my character.
4: <sighs> now,
3: so would uh, I? Don't I don't remember if you touched on this. Like, would there are they still mentally eleven? at that time
4: um what? i have sort of left that to hannah okay um, to decide really um this was like i said this is a very dnd type of situation uh-huh. not really something that is that i mean to like pull out super much like narratively or like as an experience um at this point um i mean there have been sort of like um specific things like how um her character like really likes the alcohol to the um but like now that she's eleven it she can't really experience it the same anymore. Mm. Uh it just doesn't work. So um that's been a thing. But otherwise uh anything like major uh outside of that I generally leave to Hannah to <laughs> to deal with
3: Yeah, giving players agency is really Really interesting. It, running a game is hard. I just had my first experience with the D and D starter kit because I wanted to get my my nephew has been into Stranger Things, really wanted to play, and and my brother and I have been playing World of Warcraft since two thousand five. Uh, he's no, he's much older than he uh, than I. He's thirty nine now. Um, uh, and I was like, well jj you should play with us because you you will just get it like because you play World of Warcraft. you understand what it's like to start at level one and have mm-hmm. just sinister strike on your rogue um and that's it and then you know gain levels and play style changes and and so he's like super into it and things like that and i i the first ever session we ran um i did not engross my i didn't get to like study the book as much as I wanted to with the NPCs and like kind of the world that, that mm-hmm. the the book was building. It's Lost Mind of Fandolance, a classic starting adventure. Um mm-hmm. and I, I was like, man, I am woefully unprepared and it was I had a hard time getting my nephew to feel like really involved because he's with Ryan who's twenty-six, he's with Brian or twenty-seven, and then Brian is um also around my age. Like we're all older, and then my nephew's thirteen. Um, right, okay. and i'm yeah. like man i should have i should have had more devices in place to interact with them because when i came full of goblins i have no inner npcs to yeah. to like really like help him push his character along um cool. and then by the time we got to the second uh session when we got to the town he wanted to hang out with his cousins and it was just me and my brother uh ryan and brian also the first session there was my nephew orion my best friend, Ryan, and then our DM, Brian. So I'm like, you all are going by character names. Do not say each other's <laughs> names. I'm going to get so confused. Ryan, Brian, or Ryan. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Regret. And uh, so the second session, I was like, I read, you know, very far ahead. I'm like, okay, well, if they decide to skip town entirely, we're going to go to the castle, and then, you know, I maybe we'll be more prepared and... It is um when you are prepared, it's easier to let your players have that agency, react the way and like an NPC would react. You know these aren't characters I created; they're characters I had to kind of study, um and know about what they know and things like that. And um I felt like the second play, th- you know, our second session was much f- more fun for everyone, even though there was like no encounters. It was all RP and shopping, and uh, and we made it really fun. So shout out to all the really good dms out there this shit is hard (laughs) yeah it is yeah it's really rewarding though Mm yeah so i'd like to i'd like to keep working on that because i'm not i don't feel like i'm comfortable enough as um a creator and a writer to like make my own like world or anything yet and i think that's like i'm okay with that um i want to keep buying the 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 modules and like take them maybe take these characters to level five through ten and like another book um and work on my dm skills that way and i think that also gives me a chance to learn a bit more about the uh forgotten realms lore and how they do storytelling or like that kind of collaborative storytelling um so i'm really excited to and i've learned a lot from listening to our panelists this weekend um about narrative building and how to you know the improv um section was was really 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 fun um i don't know if anyone got to check that out but it was a good time yeah, i was
4: there i was of them.
3: So. Mm. oh yeah yeah you were able to listen in yeah the the improv and actual play one was awesome i wanted brian my dm to join but he fell ill on friday uh, unfortunate. Like, damn it i was like you would be great in this conversation too because everyone kind of had different styles of, of storytelling and dming um, brian basically wrote a jrpg of a kind of a more linear jrpg so we don't had we haven't had a lot of freedom of like talking to NPCs and doing side quests and stuff yet, but we will in the next big arc that we do. Mm. Um, (laughs) and, uh, going from something like that. And then guy, uh, guy ran or Sorry. Sock ran a, um, a little mini campaign for me. Um, um, and my roommate, Cora and Emma at the time, um, with, and uh, who was with us for that? Uh, Uh, that would be my friend mask mask. It was mask. Um, I, I remembered them recently because Brian was playing a druid with shillelagh and bonked a lot. Bonking with shillelagh at level one is so strong. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like shillelagh uh. is like oh, nearly useless at the higher levels from like an actual combat perspective. And is just like busted at level one and two. <laughs> uh. It's
4: a fun little spell.
3: Yeah, it is. My staff is now very, very hard and hits very, <laughs> very, very hard. I love it. Mm hmm. Um, and you ran a very kind of gritty, very RP-based, and kind of very choice-based, and that was, you know, kind of the opposite experience
1: um, from Brian's, and I learned a lot yeah, from playing with you. it was, that was a very hard campaign, I could tell you guys weren't, like, super vibing with it, and it's like, alright, let's I was do having, different. I was
3: definitely having a great time, but I think maybe for Emma's first time, it was a little nitty-gritty.
0: Um, it was,
1: it was a little, little hard for Emma. Yeah, but. I th- I think we came up with something a little bit better when I did come down and visit and we did the, uh, oh, the little yeah. dungeon things. So we did no narrative D anD D,
3: kind of inspired by one of my favorite mm-hmm. game, Dungeon Keeper, uh, Dun- Dungeon Keeper too specifically, where you basically built. Guy had us um, build like a. a a passageway with like traps and mini mobs and bosses based on a a certain amount of gp and so you could buy traps for a certain amount of gold and things like that and you'd have to set up this gauntlet of uh, of shit for players to go through and then they would make a party pick their characters and then um you had pre-made character sheets
1: right i had pre-made character sheets and basically like everyone else that hadn't built the uh the gauntlet would be like playing the mades and trying to like survive through it it took I think so one much longer it actually succeeded yeah i don't think we even got to uh,
3: i think we got through what one one map maybe because uh, it took way longer than we expected yeah yeah that was, no, fun. Such, was still a,
4: fun, such an ad and d idea oh yeah a
3: yeah, mine were basically like rooms. Like I had like no traps. I basically just had like arenas. So you enter here, there is a centaur. You enter here, there is you know uh, a wolf pack and uh, a big ringling leader. And then like I just threw the biggest bad that I had money left at the end. Like challenge rating, like really, really, really high. And um, how did did you have the like enemies pre-made or did we have to like go through the monster manual or something for that? I don't remember. Uh, I-
1: I think we had them in the monster manual but like I I had like I had the pages linked and all that so it was it was relatively Right
3: because you had to assign GP to everything that we put in there. And so that was like mm-hmm. a really fun experience even though that's not anything near to building that is like a fun that was a very very entertaining little improv uh section. Yeah. Yeah. That is, you're right, Banani, That is like the most nonsensical D and D thing that you can do. Um, uh, what games are you playing right now, okay. Banani?
4: Um, let's see. Uh, I am. I'm mostly just running, though. I am in one D and D game, uh, but yes, I'm running one. I'm running three D and D games, uh, and one Lancer game, uh, and I it's a i'm not gonna lie the lancer game's sort of my favorite of the week uh, but that's mostly just because of like the players <laughs> um like it, they're really good performers and it's just been a lot of fun making stuff happen with them um that being said i like lancer a lot it's a very fun game people should mm. play it if you want to if you like giant robots play lancer <laughs> um I just started running one for my uh group of
2: friends
3: like, i was gonna say it sounded familiar three
2: thing. it's fucking amazing i love it so much it's just, it's great
3: <laughs> oh we've got to finish so we started playing uh, so it's me kai banani and greg were playing shoot and loot or loot and shoot yeah, shoot and loot and uh that's really fun and we also we have the Cobb finale or yeah the Cobb finale oh, sure. <laughs> actual play that we need to uh do you know at well. some point we also we so we could <laughs> we always roll that, that into line. we need to do another it's charity event out. to finish off the the um the abortion funds charity event that we had started yeah um and we could always roll that together um uh, honestly yeah, i'm happy that. to have like a big or like you know, I think
2: I could, at most I can maybe handle seven players for shooting and because it is quite like and there's not that many things to to
3: really mm-hmm. kind of think about before you turn. Um, it is quick think... and there's there's there is yeah. some RP if you know you're having fun with it, but yeah, uh, it is definitely very um, action oriented.
2: At, at least the way I run it, it's definitely I just I just you know I like the this is here this is this many people that you have to get past.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know I like I like I mean you know I do like doing uh, RP stuff. Uh, my my players aren't super like RP. Like, they, they do it, but not as much as, like, not a huge amount. So, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm, not, I'm a little yeah. bit out of practice with the running RP stuff, but, you know.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, so, when we have the panels up, there is a lot of really good um, advice when it comes to player engagement with RPing and how do you mm-hmm. set them up for success in role-playing, even if they're not trained in RP. You know, Erin oh, yeah. was yeah, in I'm that and play. was talking about her experiences uh, with being, like, formally trained in improv, um and how that's not really necessary to, to get yeah. some good, um, arping and improv from your players. It's really about the environment you set. So, um, mm. I'm going to be reviewing that one and learning a lot more for it. Yeah, I was, I was there for it listening in obviously, but, um, I mm. definitely want to study that panel a little closer. There's Jeff has yeah, been running cool. games forever. Since like first edition, I think you said so D and D first edition. Like, when it was basically a war game.
1: Yeah, basically. Um, should we uh, wrap things up oh yeah the the next panel yeah
3: so the next panel starts in about seven minutes or so it's going to be about teamwork at a distance uh we'll have larry who does uh project audion they have um i sent kai this but they they basically do live fully and then live Like they all record in the Zoom call together Ooh. and do all the sound effects while they're in, like talking and stuff like that live, um, like a, like an old school kind of like live play show. Um, it's really cool. Um, it'll be very interesting to hear how they coordinate that so efficiently. And um, Hannah obviously can be able to speak from experience with um, super suits, so it should be a really mm-hmm. good panel mm-hmm. uh, because we almost, except for uh, Amy and Jackie, you know, living very close by everything in super suits was done remote maybe hannah and 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 greg were chatting a bit but you know it's it is a hugely ambitious project that was done completely um Mm. over distance um so yeah it'd be very insightful to hear what they have to say thank you all for joining me this morning i was i I was afraid i wasn't gonna have anyone here with me and then i was graced with all of y'all so thank you so much Uh, Anything funny you all want to plug while you're here? Anything you're working on want to plug?
1: Well, I would plug my stream, but that's kind of at the same time as other stuff is going on, so I will not do that. I
3: will do it for you because people should follow you on Twitch, so let me find you. Sock Um, underscore doodums. What time are you streaming today?
1: I am streaming at one. We will be doing uh either Fran or Sam and Max season two remastered. I nice. haven't decided which I'm going to flip a coin and then make the announcement. Very nice. Uh, Kai,
3: you, anything you want to plug? Uh,
2: yeah, I do an audio drama called chain of being That um, as we had a discussion about how to describe it. So just refer back to that. Um, it's, it's fun. I like doing it a lot. I just finished the first season. So it's like a full story that you can go in and listen to currently working on season two that uh, trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I will, the season two is gonna be good. I'm very excited for it. I'm trying lots of new things and even though it's less opportunity for weird stuff, I want it to be weirder than the previous one, so I've given mm-hmm. myself that challenge to make it as bizarre as I can. Um uh, and I do uh the the sort of end of the scale of bizarreness I do uh noise music where you can find that uh, at Bandcamp at Dinas, which is so D I N A S should just pop there. Oh, there we go. There it is. Um, yeah, I just make I make I make sound art. I, you know, I think it's great. I love doing it. it makes me so happy. I haven't <laughs> done it recently, but
3: um, yeah, give it a listen. And sure. Banani, what about you? Anything you want to plug? Anything you're working on that you'd like the public to know uh,
4: about? Let's see. Nothing that is particularly imminent. Um, at least uh, I do have a store. I only have like one product up on itch right now. Um, so bit of uh D&D player content called the diary of darker days um basically a sort of uh my pitch is sort of like a dark fantasy sort of uh oriented stuff so there's some player content there's some magic items um a, a tiny bit of lore in there i guess for this setting um but i've been making up whole cloth um but yeah otherwise um I'd be making stuff. Um, you do be making stuff. I, yeah, at some point, you'll probably see a product that I worked on uh, around, I don't know, when that one's coming out. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Really. <laughs> uh, oh, also, I mean, there's technically, well, not technically, but you might have something working in uh, for for some anime stuff. I don't know. We'll see. We'll oh, see that,
3: that sounds exciting. We all like anime here, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's I, say. I know Guy and I nerd over um, anime pretty often. Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Guy, Kay, when he came to visit, uh, or Sock, I keep I keeps calling you your real name. I'm so sorry. When Sock came to visit, I <laughs> uh, we were watching, I'm blanking on it. What the hell is the giant mech anime? That's amazing. SSS Gridman. Gridman. I almost SS- said D- Dynamax and that is Pokemon and not that's, DI, Di- no, that's, whatever. That's that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. We did D- not D- get that uh, So I was very far off on all of that, but yeah, we're all a bunch of nerds here in chat anime. Um cool. Okay. Thank you all so much for hanging out and uh we'll see you for the yeah. next right. see you for the next panel. Cool. Ya, bye bye.
1: Or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening.
3: The Mutual Audio Network.
1: Listening and imagining together.